Hey y'all, this is Alex Tan. And this is Aram Campillo. And you're listening to the Mouthwash Podcast. A breath of fresh air when you need it most. Hey Alex, I'm super excited for today's podcast. Yeah, dude, I feel like our guest today is going to be somebody that, uh, and he was even just talking earlier, like, he's like, oh, like, I'm a little bit older than, like, the rest of the guys out there, but I think there's, like, a lot of value that, you know, he can add that maybe a lot of the other people, like, on the bill can't. Definitely, he has a a beautiful family, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's got great work-life balance, but also phenomenal work that we both- Some of the best, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But he's blushing. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting across the table from us. Uh, All right, uh, let's go ahead and welcome him in, uh, Patrick. Yeah. Say hi, hey, fellas. So today we have Patrick Chin. Uh, he's a commercial photographer based out of Winter Park. Yep, Florida. Winter Park, Florida, cool. which is basically like a little kind of suburb of Orlando. Okay, cool. So just right outside the city of Orlando. Yep. Um, How is that, by the way? I don't meet a lot of creatives from Orlando. I mean, personally, I could go a long time about just Orlando, but I, I love Orlando. I think what's tough is obviously it's not known to be a creative market. It's, yeah. um, so I usually identify as Winter Park just because it doesn't instantly give like the, oh, Disney. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah, I mean, which isn't the worst thing. Disney's great, but Disney yeah. is definitely like all Orlando's really known for. And I think we have a thriving creative scene. We have a unique um, kind of creative circle of people that, all are pretty tight, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I think yeah. it's a fun city to be I in mean, right I now. I think it's you travel a lot, so the fact that you you know you've chosen to stay there, I mean, that says a lot in itself. So mm-hmm. yeah, we love it. That's Do awesome. You, uh, one question before we, we <laughs> bring it on. Yeah. Do you have a like a year pass to Disney? You're lame, but I need to. I've got so my daughter. You mentioned my family, so my daughter's almost four, and then um, my son is seven months now. But um, so she's obsessed with Disney, <laughs> and we need to just get a pass now because yeah, I mean, we take her whenever friends give us tickets, which happens a lot when you live in Orlando. Like you start yeah. to know people that can help you get in, but in all, like we should just buck up and like buy a pass <laughs> Bite the ball, um, yeah because yeah, she would go any chance we could take her mm-hmm. she just loses her mind so that's it's awesome. fun to see her there that's awesome and it's it's been also like really cool to see her grow like um, yeah dude on the Instagram yeah, yeah. it's like every time I see what's her name Harper, Harper is that what it is yeah, every time Harper. I see her I'm like man she's the cutest she like she's freaking fun <laughs> pictures of her where like when she was just born and it's mm-hmm. kind of been like a that is weird I'd never considered that but yeah I guess for people I mean, I guess, yeah, Instagram's been around the whole time that yeah. she's been alive. So I have been sharing pictures of her since, the beginning. since she was a baby. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, for I guess anyone that has kept up with my work a little bit would have seen her grow up mm-hmm, so far, yeah. which is why that's weird. I'd never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. watching, right? So, Patrick, I met you when you were taking photos at a Circles conference, over, yeah. say, like two years ago. Yep. It might have been three, but I'm going to just say two. I think it was two. Okay. Two feels right. Um, and I remember just like we were, we were like met at like Eno's Pizza I remember that yep. great pizza place but just the amount of talent that was in the table uh, like Jared Hogan a lot of like the Elevation Church guys that was um, a fun crew yeah the music bed guys so a lot of talent um, but ever since we've had that like dinner um, it's been really cool to see everybody just blow up 
you know. Man, yeah, I love those guys. They are stupid talented. Who yeah. all, so who all was there? Like, uh, I think Christian Schultz. Christian. Okay. Um, um, I think Max Kutz was even there too. He, he was. Worked, he was a he was good friend. Good friend of ours. Yeah, he is so good. Yeah, dude, um, his studio he is. just got married too. So shout out. Shout engaged. Out. Dang, I didn't know. Engaged. That. Oh, okay. Correct. Well, difference, right? Yeah. I guess uh, depends on who you are I guess right but Jared yeah Jared um, which, I mean a lot of the creative team from Elevation who like half of them I think are freelancing now but that's um, awesome I mean which goes to their credit like at the type of people that they've hired over the last couple of years are yeah, definitely incredible it's almost like farming like like breeding like amazing yeah. creative. but you see that oh, a yeah. lot like even like other churches mm-hmm. that, that do that. I mean, even uh, in Orlando, there's this place, uh, you've probably heard of them, but they've been around a long time, Relevant Magazine. Yeah. But oh, they're kind that. of known yeah. to um, have, over the years, found a lot of creatives like in their early stages, okay. like kind of before they blew up, and tons of people that have left Relevant have gone on to do like insane stuff. Like most of the agencies in Orlando are run by former relevant employees. Wow. I mean, even um, Anna Bond, who runs Rifle Paper Company, who's yeah. like maybe our shining star of like someone <laughs> in the creative industry that's like doing really wonderful. Um, she's from Relevant. So just a lot of people cool. have kind of come and gone through there Yeah, in and a similar I, way. Yeah, I remember. So we, we met two years ago at that dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had just started off like freelancing. It would have been... I'd, gosh, what month would that have been? If it was two it years was like, ago, then that would have been about almost a year in for me. Yeah, it was like early fall. I don't mm-hmm. remember the exact. Because uh, now it's been, so I started in December of 2014, if that helps okay, you. Okay. Cool. So that means right now it's been almost three almost years. Almost three years. That's so can time. you give the people listening just a little background in case they don't know of how you kind of got into where you are now? Yeah, because sure. one thing I noticed too is like I, I was doing like a little bit of research on the website. Like the first line of your bio says, like I, I never intended to be a photographer. So, like, yeah. what's what's that mean? Like, I'm so curious <laughs> to hear that story. My friend Nathan, he is a great copywriter, and he helped me. I just, you know, bios are so. <laughs> um, but it's it's accurate. Like he, we basically, he's known me really well for a decade now, or something, and, mm-hmm. and um, it's accurate. Like I'd been doing photography for fun. Um, I think. So my first camera was given to me by a friend in 2005. Um, I was working at a coffee shop, and I'd always been interested in visual arts. Like growing up, I drew a lot. Mm. Um, but then when I just started to get interested in photography kind of through high school, but never had an outlet. You know, this is long before photography was as accessible as it is now. Mm. And so my parents had a film camera or something, but it was like my mom's camera. I'm not going to like mess with my mom's camera. Yeah, yeah. And so um, he, a friend of mine that would come into the coffee shop all the time was a photographer. He brought in a old 35 millimeter one week. It was like a Canon FX. It looks super similar to an AE-1. Okay. It's like that era of camera. Um, and I knew nothing about cameras, but he just kind of said, hey, I don't know if this works. I found it at a garage sale, but if you want, want to ro- run a roll of film through it um, and it works, then you can have it. And so anyways, fast forward, it worked. That was my only camera for six years or so um and i would just i was not pursuing like trying to get good at photography it was more just like i finally was having fun being able to take any photos and it was mainly just of like my friends and 
family and stuff like that and tr- like trips I would take. I've been a musician for a long time, okay. and so I would just bring it on trips, like when we'd go play shows out of town. Yeah. It was just like a way to document. Okay. And then um, when Instagram became a thing was really, I think, when photography took like the next small step for me was where um, like photos just became even easier to do. Like at the time, this was back when with that film camera, I was having to buy film at like Walgreens and stuff and then go develop it. And it was just a process. And when it became so easy to just take something on my phone. You know, what phone would that have been? Like the iPhone 4 or something? Yeah, was maybe when day. Instagram started, something around that. Maybe 5. But, um, and then, yeah, it had to be the 4, I guess. Anyways, that's like back <laughs> before you could upload to Instagram. So I just started having fun doing photos on my phone. Um, in that time, I moved from Tallahassee, where I grew up, to Orlando. This is uh, 2012, I think. Um, and when I got to Orlando, um, I was working at this church for a while as their worship pastor. And then um, when I left there, I had met a guy through the church that ran a screen printing shop in Orlando called Real Thread. Um, and he hired me kind of just on like, a, I don't know where you'll fit in well here, but like, I just think that we probably can find room for you. We're growing a lot. And so why don't you come work for us? And which was a really cool thing because I needed a job really bad. Um and so I started working there and I was, I kind of found a home in an account executive role, which is like essentially sales. It's like if you want to print t shirts and you fill out a thing online, right. then I'm the one that reaches back out to you and kind of fulfills it. You're doing like all the communication. Totally. Okay. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so I like deal with customers and stuff like that, but it's no outgoing sales. It's just like inbound. Sure. So. Sorry, this is like the long version. No, no, no. This is exactly um, what we're here for. Okay. Yeah, this is what we're here for. We <laughs> okay, got plenty of time. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so then I'm working at this screen printing shop, started in 2012. Um, and I'd only been there, I think, about six months or so when I took a trip um, with some friends for some music stuff. We were going out of town to write an album. Cool. And while I was on that trip was when Instagram suggested me. Okay, cool. Um, which was huge back then. Like, yeah, I mean, and I like, honestly, I just had I, it. Still, was a mystery to me, like yeah. why or how it happened. But I was like mind blown. And I got home from the trip, and I guess my boss had noticed. Um, and so he kind of in the staff meeting, ha- like called it out and was like, "What the heck happened on your trip? <laughs> like what?" And so I was trying to explain like what how it works and what happened, and that kind of started a two or three week conversation between us on okay, so are you really interested in photography? I was like, well, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time, blah, blah, blah. And um, he was like, well, we really could use an in-house marketing team rather than continue, continuing to hire freelancers. Hmm. Um, are you interested if we could find a role for you doing marketing and photography for us? Um, and so I kind of warned him that I I had no real experience with a camera. Like I'd been playing with film for maybe almost a decade at that point, and then my phone for three or four years. But like, I'd never really used a digital SLR. The couple times I had it intimidated the crap out of me, and like, yeah. I hated it. And so I, um, but he, he was really kind and was just like, honestly, if you want to learn it, we'll give you the time to figure it out, yeah. and we'll buy you a camera, and we'll, we'll do this thing. And so I was like, okay, I'm in. Awesome. So um i started as their photographer sometime i think late in 2012 um i honestly don't remember the month but that was kind of the catalyst to it so they bought me a canon 60 and uh, we built a studio like a psych and we built a um 
or we bought all kinds of like studio lights. Um, and then I kind of just started going to like YouTube university. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and, uh, and I kind of, I just cut my teeth I on it that. there. Yeah. Um, and we were shooting, I mean, at least two to three times a week, whether it was in the studio or doing kind of like social content or web content, they were doing like a full site overhaul with like thousands of products. So it was, Oh man. I mean, it was a lot. And so I got to learn fast. Um, and then how long did you do that for? So almost two years. And then out of the blue in, um, December of 2014, they called me in early one morning and they just said that it had become clear that my favorite part of my role was the photography side and that I wasn't enjoying and wasn't fulfilling kind of the other aspects of my job, which were events and social media, which was true. I hated doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were completely right. And it just caught me off guard, but they let me go out of the blue. Mm. And so, um, damn, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so this was December of 2014. And I had been talking to this agency in Orlando, cool. um, a small, but really cool creative agency called Maven there. Um, and I had, they essentially wanted me to do the same role I was doing at Real Thread, but it would be a lot more fun because it would be for multiple clients instead of all T-shirts all the time. So I would run their social media, but then I would get to do photos for their like all their accounts that needed it. Yeah. And so that would be kind of like an upsell they could offer. Yeah. Um, so I'd been planning to leave Real Thread as soon as they would offer me a real job. Like mm. They just kept flirting with this idea of a job but we they'd never really made me an offer so finally i went in that same day that i lost my job at real thread and i was like chris chris is the owner i was like chris i lost my job here's what happened like i won't you know i won't bullshit you like this is what happened right. and um i mean i would love to work here though um i just kind of want to put all the cards on the table though <laughs> and yeah. like i need a job yeah. um and he was really cool about it he um approached his partner who's more the financial side and they kind of agreed that they were wanting to hire me but that it would take till April to have the budget in place to be able to like give me salary and benefits and stuff like that um and so yeah I just kind of was like okay well I'm in so let's talk in April and I'll just get by until then so photography honestly was my backup plan it mm. was like I'm going to do photography um to get by and I think I can make enough to kind of just float us, me and my family. I think right. I can make enough to just get by. Were you married me. at this time too? Yeah. Okay. So I'd been married, if this is 2014 going into 2015, I'd been married just over two years okay. at this point. And my daughter was one. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So we. I think, you know, you did pretty good at floating around. <laughs> so, well, it just. So, do you want me to keep going? I could yeah, just, yeah, I no, can no, keep, no, going. No, keep going. Okay, keep so, going. I mean, like um, so I in December of 2014 is when I left there and just was like, okay, well, I guess I have a job lined up, so I'm going to just start hustling, you know, buzzword. But I'm yeah. just going to start hustling and seeing what I can make happen in a couple months just to keep me and my family afloat. And, um, and so, let me think. I, the first thing that happened that I really felt like was a sign that I was on the right track and that maybe I should keep seeing what else was was out here was I was shooting a, um, uh, like product kind of lookbook for a local company. It wasn't like a huge budget or anything, but my brother worked for this leather goods company and they needed a, like a new kind of lookbook. Mm. And I think the budget like was like two grand or something. And 
I was like, I need a portfolio piece because I'm all of a sudden freelance and I, I don't have a portfolio <laughs> other than yeah. t-shirts. It's like running around trying to figure yeah. it out. And so I spent every cent of that budget on the shoot itself. So I like, I, and I went so far above and beyond anything that I should have done time-wise to be efficient with it because I just wanted it to be epic. Mm-hmm. So I like paid my friend to take us out on a boat and like shoot out on his boat in Miami. Like I paid my cousin to fly us around in a private little like wow. prop plane oh, and my. shoot products like in a plane. Yeah. I just wanted it to be insane because it like, wasn't about the money. No, it was it, 0%. I was like, yeah. I need a portfolio and I didn't prepare to be freelance. So like yeah. I need to do something really crazy. Yeah. Um, so I truly think I spent almost all of the two grand on either models or like ridiculous activities that I could yeah. photograph. And then um, on that shoot in Miami, when we're out there doing the products, I happened to take one iPhone photo of my friend Diaz while he was sailing. And that photo got bought by Apple for the first iPhone campaign. Wow. So... Um, which it's I just, amazing. yeah. <laughs> so I, this is all in like the first month. So when they contacted me, I was like, holy crap, You're like, what is going Apple, on? are you serious? <laughs> and so, and the iPhone campaign wasn't a thing yet. The shot on iPhone, you know, this is like the first one. So I didn't yeah. honestly understand what they were trying to do, but I was like, yes. You know, they weren't even like, I remember at the time, cause a couple of my other buddies got that, but like they weren't really spending a lot of money on marketing because they didn't need to right at the time so like if you got hit up you were like it was like the first stage i was stoked i mean i couldn't believe it and it definitely was enough money where i was like you know this this buys me another month or two Mm -hmm. like this buys me another month or two where we're okay and i'm gonna see this as like uh you're doing the right thing (laughs) you know so um and then a couple things kind of started to fall into place oh and i just the only idea I had, honestly, was because I don't need to be a photographer, and I'm not planning to continue to be a freelance photographer. I was like, I'm just going to only photograph stuff that's like what I enjoy in my personal life, just because like I don't need to make yeah. this work, really. Um, so that's like kind of why I started to choose some of the stuff I wanted to pursue as far as like uh, subject matter, mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, well, in my free time, I like traveling, of course, and so I want to pursue stuff like that. I also love, you know, beautiful spaces and restaurants and and bars, and mm-hmm. I love a nice cocktail, so I'm going to pursue yeah. hospitality work. And then I love people, so I'm going to pursue lifestyle work and portraits and stuff. Yeah. So, um, it just it's way more broad than I ever meant yeah, for yeah. it to be, but it's because I never meant to do it. But yeah. I think- <laughs> Like in the long term, that stuff you did in the beginning, that maybe spending the whole budget on that shoot got you more, like because of the, you were so into making it as good as it could be, it got you more clients. Oh, 100%. I mean, I definitely believe that. Yeah, and I think um, I think it was really interesting because like, Abe's not on Twitter, but Patrick and I are both on Twitter, and <laughs> all I see every single day is people complaining about, like, especially like people you know are like kind of just beginning or kind of just getting in there. They're like complaining about like clients asking for free work or complaining mm-hmm. about like doing projects with little budget. And to a point there's an extent where like, yeah, there's, there's truth in that, but like just go do the work. Like, right. And like, I think, and I would love to ask you this is like, at what, like, where is like the, the threshold of like, at what, like, hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, cause yeah. I mean, you experienced this where it's like, you could have been like stubborn and kind of like you know arrogant about it. It's like no, I'm not doing that. Like this, I mean, they gave me a budget or like oh, I'm taking fifteen hundred and we're only going to spend five hundred dollars on paying everybody else. Mm-hmm. But you know, if who's to say this is true or not? But like, if you weren't to spend every penny on that job, who knows 
where that could have led you right to, you know what I mean? so like what's your take on like how to like approach question. that you know i i have a lot of answers to this so <laughs> when i got started i needed a portfolio like i mentioned and i did a few things and in hindsight I think that they were helpful. I think I would have done them differently like mm-hmm. now and you know, some combination of everything I did I guess worked so I can't regret it too much. Yeah. But I I know a lot of photographers are very quick when they're trying to build momentum to do free work. Yeah. And I just think that that's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like I did the same thing and there were a few companies that I hit up and was like, you know, Hey, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be in town. Would love to do some photos. And I did it, whether it was for trade or for free. And in hindsight, I think the damage you do, number one, to the industry as a whole, but number two, to yourself, because now three years removed from having done that, some of those companies are companies I would kill to work for now, but I'm the free guy. You know yeah, what I mean? So you'll like, always be known as yeah. And and how is a company that you worked for free two years ago, short sightedly, going to look at you as like, oh well, certainly now he's one of the pros. Yeah. Like in two years, like you'll never be that. Not for five or ten years to them, if ever, because you were the free guy. Wow. And so, I think that you have to be. You have to build a portfolio. So yes, you have to do it to some degree, but my thought and the new rule I kind of set for myself after realizing the mistake I was making mm-hmm. in doing that was um, wherever you live, you know probably a lot of small business owners that um, that you're probably close with just through being a regular at their place, like whether it's like coffee shops or whether it's, you know, boutiques or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's how it is for me in Orlando. Like yeah. a lot of the places I frequent, I've gotten to know the people that run them and I love them. Like I think they're great and I want them to be successful because I believe in what they're doing, but I know that they don't have a budget to hire mm-hmm. like a great photographer. They could probably pay a friend a couple hundred bucks to do something decent or maybe great if they're lucky, but why don't I, as a way of building my portfolio and getting better, mm. practice with them and try and help them be successful by giving them great photos, hopefully. Mm. And, and, so you think it's like understanding your client? Yeah, this. and yeah. just knowing when, like the type of people, like, okay, for instance, there's a coffee shop in Orlando that I love um, called Lineage. I think it's like the best coffee in Florida, if not the Southeast, they're amazing. Sure. And the guy that runs it, it's like the sweetest dude in the world named Jarrett. And I'm sure that he could afford to hire someone to some degree, but they're growing. Like they're a new company and Mm -hmm. it really helps them for me to, at the point that they're at in their business to, to give them photos when I can. Mm -hmm. And it really helped me, honestly, if you saw their space in this shared marketplace. That was a great photo set. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's one of the first shoots I ever did. Um, But they, it's a tough lighting scenario. So if you see this place, it's like the corner of a shared market and, because it's a shared market, there's all this mixed lighting. So above them, they have their lights, but then down the center, kind of aisle way, there's orange lights, but then there's a little bit of natural light. There's like, it's a mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the only way to do it properly is to light it. And at the time, I really needed to learn lighting. So I would offer Jarrett free photos on a day when they're closed just so I could practice in there. Wow. So I did it two or three times, I think, and it was extremely helpful to me. And I know it helped him. Yeah. So that's kind of how I see it. Like oh, I yeah. just think photographers that offer these big companies free work or trade work are doing, number one, the industry a disservice, but sure. number two, them a disservice. Go a little bit into why you think they're doing the industry a disservice for 
like I think it's pretty common knowledge, but like maybe for those of you who are like, what do you mean? Like I don't. Yeah, um, I just I never wanted to sound pretentious, but sure. you know when it, it now that it has been my job for a few years, like I do understand that you know it's hard work and to get good photos, it it takes money, it takes time, yeah. um, and when when the industry standard becomes like hundreds of like kids getting a camera and hitting up every company offering free photos, yeah. it kind of changes the game. And yeah. companies now expect a lot more for a lot less. And it's going to only continue that way the more and more people give them free work. Yeah, that's hard. Um, and a lot of times they don't look as good. Like you said, some some places really do need, like you can't just go with a camera. A lot of times if you want, especially for commercial work, you mm -hmm. need pro photos or whatever strobes you may be using. Sure. Uh, yeah. Just to make sure the uh, color temperature is right, you know, the, you know. But the, you, but the difference between, like, I think like his point, like you're right. And yeah. his point is that like, what, like a company, especially for somebody who doesn't understand the creative industry, could go, well, why would we pay Patrick yeah. Chin, you know, whatever his day rate is, even though he's telling me he needs all these lights and needs mm -hmm. all this stuff, why would we do that when we could pay this sixteen-year-old uh, influencer that has a hundred thousand followers on Instagram to right. take the same photo? It's almost like you have to educate clients. Yeah, totally. Well. And that, that's and your big thing, Abe. You always talk to me about that. Is like we have to educate our clients. That's I mean, cool. I've never thought of it that way, but yeah, that's true. For your expertise, whether it's taking a photo, whether it's how they should strategize their social media, it's like you have to be bold enough to give a voice because they're mm -hmm. paying you for that voice. Sure. Um, yeah, I believe that. So I think it's huge that, you know, you gave us the insight on, like, not only, like, taking the photos at the coffee shop, but what you had to do. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, that stuff takes prep. Like, you have to, if you don't own the gear, you have to go pick it up. Right. You have to know which ones to set up, um, work around their schedule. They were open, only not open that one day. So, like, people don't think of that. They think, oh, just come in with your iPhone or come in with your camera and call it a day. Right. Mm -hmm. But... That's never the case. <laughs> Not for good work, anyways. especially if it's like going to go on like print, a website, stuff like that. So yeah, um, but I think this leads in great to another thing that we wanted to talk about was your style, which we both are like super. Dude, about. I think almost what every is my style. Dude, no, listen, listen, this is true. I think almost every. I think like I can't really put like a number on it, but I've had multiple conversations where like. Who do you think is like out there really killing it right now? And they're like, dude, Patrick Chen is like, <laughs> bro, like his his lighting, like his like he makes like every cocktail drink look so sexy, like it's yeah. so funny, and it's it's he true. makes you want to be an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not no, right. no, I'm just joking. No, but you do have like a like certain look that's kind of timeless and classic. Uh, there's a lot of trends when it comes to like editing photos or even just the way they look. Some you know whether it's high fade uh low super low contract like pitch black like you know mm -hmm. there's all these but yours is kind of like consistent from like as soon as i started following you and just like looking at your photos to now and the thing i like about them a lot is they can be applied to commercial use personal use like you can put them and they'll kind of work anywhere mm -hmm. which this set the same cannot be said to a lot of things i see on instagram yeah a lot of the things i see on instagram if a client were to ask me and I were to do that, I would, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. You know? Um, so. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think maybe so that people listening, like, what is kind of like your inspiration for that look or how do you, you know? Sure. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean. Or how did you even get to that point where you kind of like decided to. Like, this is well, from the get-go, I knew that I liked really clean work. Like, yeah. I can appreciate the 
I mean, what a lot of what I think I'm seeing is maybe similar to what you see, but you know, so many like the Instagrammy guys with the like really soft fades with like blue shadows like and stuff. Blacks yeah, and, yeah, and it's you know, I think it can work in certain settings, but overall, it's a really one dimensional style. Like it works for one thing, and it yeah. doesn't work when when you see them try other things. That editing and is really tough to make work across the board. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily in protest of that, but it was more that I just wanted things to look true. Mm. Like I just didn't want, um, I wanted when someone saw my photos to, to feel like he didn't do much to it Mm. to make it look that way. Like that's just the best. It looks great and it doesn't look, um, like he changed much. If Mm, that makes sense. Like I just didn't want, um, colors or any like sort of edity like whateverness to it to make to distract from it just looking right and accurate Mm. so that was more what it is i just want my photos hopefully to look true to color and like Mm -hmm. not um overly edited not heavy-handed yeah so just like recreating the experience of yeah as if i were to walk i feel like it's easier to put yourself in the photo when it looks real like you don't it doesn't look that's it's a weird thing to say because, of course, like other editing styles look real, but sure, you know what I'm getting at. I, no, like, I mean, dude, like my work like, is like fake. <laughs> like it's like all the colors are like changed. Like no, no but, no, but like in terms of like not to compare because like we're not comparing, but it's just like I enjoy like taking situations and making them look like not like yeah, sure because that, that's fun for me. But I've always been able to appreciate like you know your work, especially in a way where it's like, damn, this is like this looks sick. Yeah. Like it's you so do, nice. So you do you know? a lot of like. Um, like architecture stuff, uh, and like obviously like food and beverage, mm-hmm. which is, is is really hard actually. I think, um, but you in every photo I, I see of yours, it's like it's always looks the best that it possibly can for that space. If like some some spaces are like might be really tight, but you know, it just looks like it's bigger than it is, and the lighting's always like it always looks like it's next to a window. <laughs> which I think is like that's like the best light. Yeah, right? so he was like, yeah. he's like, man, it always looks like he's next to a window, but I know he's not next to a window. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I know he's not. <laughs> so yeah, I think it was, and I think it was cool too to like hear you talk about your story where you're like, man, like I didn't know anything about lighting because like mm-hmm. if I were to like, I, I guarantee like there's gonna be people out here that like go and look up your work. And I'm like, man, this dude's been doing this for years. Like, and I, and even I, like not until just now realized that you'd only been doing this for like you know, a few years, you know, yeah. whatever. And I think like, it's cool to sh- see that like your resiliency and consistency and just like setting up when stores are closed and doing things like just like messing with things over mm-hmm. and over and over. Well, my thing was for the first year or so when I got let go from Real Thread and then was kind of trying to figure things out and was making it work, um, I very much was one of the, like that. I'm a natural light photographer, yeah. you know, like I was one of those guys and I just thought it was so great. And I really do love that look. Like sure. ideally I want everything I do to look that way. But I hit a point about a year into it where I got really frustrated that in Florida, you know, I don't, I know it's not this way out here in perfect California, oh, God. <laughs> in Florida, it is so, um, you know, just hit or miss. Like, mm-hmm. especially in the summer, it every day so it's going to rain at four o'clock and you're screwed. And if you have a afternoon shoot that you needed to look bright and fun or whatever, mm. you're screwed. Yeah. Or if you need, I don't know, it, it's just tough to rely on the sun yeah. and be dependent on it. And I got really frustrated that I wasn't in control. And like, if I had, so I showed up to a couple different shoots um, 
and it's way suckier like inside when you're supposed to have this great window light and I'm trying to make it yeah. look like all bright and assisted and everything and and then it's a crummy day outside and I was screwed and I had to like make do and it, I thought the shoot sucked and I started to be like damn it I need to adjust like I have to learn lighting it's been cool or whatever to try and pretend I was a natural light photographer <laughs> by choice, but it was really out of just, I don't know what yeah. the hell I'm doing with lighting. Yeah. So I started probably around the year mark, right around 2015, um, the end of 2015, every shoot I got hired for, if I could get it into the budget to get a lighting guy, great, but I most of the time I couldn't. And so I would just take a huge portion of my budget, whatever it would take to get a good lighting guy on set, yeah. and I would pay them. And then I would just study what they were doing. I would yeah. just watch everything that they would do, especially my favorite are to hire like film student guys, guys that went to film school, because yeah. they yeah. just know so much. Wow. And that's the look so I'm really going were you for. Were using um, continuous lighting or were you, no. were you like messing with strobes? Usually strobes. Okay. Um, but at the beginning, it was just whatever they wanted to bring. Gotcha. But then I started to realize, like, I'm going to eventually buy a strobe kit, so I need these guys to start using strobes so I can watch how they do it. Um, so then I started renting or borrowing strobes that these I would just make them use and eventually bought my own kit. But, um, but yeah, I would just study what these other people... I mean, steal yeah, all their yeah. tricks, you know. And that's kind of where it started and I still don't feel like a pro at lighting but I feel like I've learned enough to be okay on my own I still way prefer to have yeah. someone else on set to do it if I can yeah um yeah because in that way you get to worry about composition but totally I mean the more people honestly like I can have around the better but yeah um, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh I don't know what would be the percentage for you as far as commercial work that you use strobes in at least when I do commercial work, I would say almost nine out of ten times I have to bring strobes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's hard. I always have them on me now because I just ran yeah. into a few scenarios where I thought I wouldn't need them. And then, like, you get there and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is never going to work. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't bring them. And then I'm screwed and yeah. I'm really embarrassed. And <laughs> so I bring them all the time now. Yeah. Whether I pull them out, you know, not right. always. but Even if you need, like, a fill, it totally. just helps. I always have reflectors with me now that's oh, yeah. like the number Is one the key i mean yeah i just i can't believe i went so long without without using any modifiers like whether it's lights or reflectors just things to help shape the light better i just can't believe i tried to get away so long without it it mm -hmm. makes such a big difference yeah agree 100 he's like preaching to the choir right? i know i feel like <laughs> you guys have like such a because I, I know like sometimes even i like going to projects i'm like well we can just like because I'm still, like, learning a lot. And, like, I, I work at an agency, and so, and, like, we're pretty new as far as, like, doing, like, big-time commercial shoots. So, like, I haven't, like, had my hands on, like, a lot of gear. And I also grew up, like, like when I started, like, a few years ago, like, iPhone-only window light. Totally. Like, same. Me too. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, and so, like, and Abe has kind of been in, in this, like, high-end commercial game. Uh, for, I just like, worked for, at an agency, so, like, there was always, like, people on you're set. You're around it. Yeah. And, like, you know, I was kind of like you just observing even... Just like any video shoot, there was always like a gaffer. There was always right. like, you know, any any like cocktail shoot, there was always like a drink stylist. Like mm -hmm. so all these things and so it feels weird from going from that to like let's just run and gun this with a camera. Totally. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you I'm can't just go never back. Never as happy with it. Right. You can't go back. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing I learned from you because I'm always like, Well, let's just let's just like do it and you're like, mm, no. And I'm like, 
come on. And you're like, no, it's not going to look right. And, like, <laughs> and there's something to be said for, yeah. for being capable of pulling it off sure. with nim- you know, in a yeah. nimble way. Yeah. But the more you begin to, you don't ever want to overcomplicate things, but man, being in control is kind of the whole thing that I was after. And, like, and that's what I achieved with lighting. Oh, totally. I was obsessed. <laughs> yeah. And, and I still am like, I just being in control of the lighting is more what I want now. Cool. Because you could go yes. anywhere, yeah. anytime, and you, you know you get mm-hmm. the look that you want, and that you can walk away happy every time with, and the client can yep. expect that. It takes a lot more time, but yeah. it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like a bad cop when you like have to do all this? Because people are like, well, what? like you shouldn't worry so much about you know the tools." Yeah, sometimes. In a way, though, I feel like it almost adds legitimacy. Okay, just having come from being more run and gun and like. Okay. You know, just working with what was around, I do feel like most, at least in my experience so far, most of the times when clients see kind of like this whole get up that you're trying to do, that they kind of back off and they're like, oh, I'm just going to let him do his thing because I think he knows what he's after right now. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of see it as like, okay, well, he's got a vision, so I'm just going to let him run with it. Right. Um, which I honestly love. Yeah. I'm just... Yeah. Not the... Like, uh, I'm the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the man. Uh, this is how we're doing it. Yeah. Dude, I think uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting when you were kind of sharing a little bit of your story was talking about um, how, because for me, so I'm 21, I'm like pretty young, and I kind of jumped into photography and started adopting styles because I saw what was popular um, subconsciously and, you know, kind of now like trying to like navigate these waters of like trying to like do things that I think feel right and like um, things that like I really like or they resonate with me. But I think it was super interesting and I think this is like, I kind of like hit the light bulb in my head of to why your photography looks so timeless as opposed to trendy is that the things that you photographed were things in your life that you had already appreciated. Like you were taking photos of them because like, I like this. Like I like interior spaces. I love people. I love moments, um, you know, those kinds of things. You know, for me, I'm not gonna lie, like when I you know, start out, I would love to take a photo of like an interior space with my iPhone, but only because everybody else had taken the same mm-hmm. picture of that. Uh, thing and that was like me being like 18 years old and like trying to like you know oh, figure sure. it out yeah um we all emulate to, to yeah um, and nothing's like 100 percent sure original um but yeah i think that is like such a cool like approach towards it and i think that's why and at least in my opinion your your work is like incredibly timeless like not trendy it just looks I, natural but like, also just because that's the stuff you like it makes it easier for people to kind of like feel the way you want them to feel Mm-hmm. well thanks guys <laughs> sorry we're like no, over here I just like bro, like you know <laughs> no, it's so nice you thank you uh, yeah um i i mean i do feel like there that wasn't something necessarily intentional at first sure. like in the sense of like uh, i didn't have some sort of long-term vision for that becoming anything mm-hmm. um but there's one or two guys over the last couple years that like i've met with on a maybe regular basis and um mentored them in some way or another and one of them one time asked me a guy in Orlando he's like hey do you know of any like magazines or something I could hit up and do this and that and like it instantly gave me a really bad taste in my mouth because I was like no like you you should be reaching out to companies and to whatever like whatever your specialty is it should be your specialty hopefully because you love it and so if you love it hopefully you already have a lot of kind of companies or people or things in that field that 
would be so natural for you to connect with because then your work in that field is going to be really easy to do because it's something that you're passionate about. It's something you know a lot about already. Right. So I, I didn't give him any recommendations. I was like, well, what are you into? You know, do you read any magazines? Like, do you, you know, are there things that you could connect with that are kind of true to mm. what you're into? Um, and that, I feel like creates the easiest, um, you know, you kind of create the easiest, like your work is going to look and feel right because you, I think it it's shows that you love it. Yeah, right. sure. Yeah. It It's like when you, not to bring it back to Instagram, but like when you see like the mountainy influencer guys all of a sudden do like a ad that's so weird for them, like mm -hmm. a, like a, perfume or something and you're yeah. like what the hell like <laughs> so not you and you're yeah, yeah and it's not there's nothing wrong with doing something for work but then like no, it, it you can tell it's not true to them yeah and it and it feels dirty that's personal yeah and it, it just feels dirty because you know that there's no heart in it right um hmm. and and i think it it shows like you don't have to be in love with everything you do but i you know, you can have some keep the lights on money yeah. shoots that, but, but at the end of the day, if most of what you're pursuing, I, I do feel like should be things that you're genuinely excited about. Cause you won't, it won't burn you out. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing I was going to say is I think a lot of creatives, uh, kind of like get down this road and they think that being a photographer or an illustrator or a, you know, filmmaker or whatever is like their route to, uh, doing what I love, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, oh, I'm finally doing what I love. But what they don't realize is that, like, I hate shooting concerts, dude. Like, I, I hate <laughs> it. Like, I don't like doing live events. Like, I just, like, don't like it. And when I think about it, it's like, yeah, like, photography is, like, a means to doing that. But, like, I don't love that. You know what I mean? Sure. And it's, so... It's even, like, working at a company or for a brand. That's exactly like, what I was trying to say. It doesn't matter what company... Or what it's a matter of what you're doing day to day. Like when you clock in and you clock out, are you doing what you want? Not is the name on the you know is the title is the client the, name or is the is the brand you're working for? There's an obsession with the title too, yeah. like mm -hmm. being a photographer. That's why maybe he asked you like, hey, do you know any magazines? Because it sounds cool to be like, hey, I shot this cover for this right. magazine. Right, definitely. Um, but yeah, so you mentioned that you had mentored uh, you said two guys. Um, I do a, a lot of mentoring now just like one-offs you know nice. people ask but yeah it wasn't on any sort of official basis back then when that story happened with that guy but mm. at in hindsight i realized that's kind of what had been happening because it's a guy in orlando that was trying to figure out how to go full-time for a while and mm. and he, he would ask me to meet up every now and then and that was kind of our only you know we had mutual friends but we first started meeting up to talk about photography stuff and did it semi-regularly for like a year or so Cool. Do you feel as if like mentoring other people is like life giving, like in a way? I love it, honestly. Yeah. I just, I don't think. Well, I know I wouldn't be where I was without so many people's help. Whether yeah. it was like actual help on set or whether it was just them giving me advice. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and just soaking up things that people have done and said over the last few years that you know I don't know that they meant to be really impactful, but yeah. they were. Um, like. I tried to, uh, there's a photographer from Orlando that now lives out here um, who I'm just obsessed with, and he's a super sweet guy as well. His name's John Paul Douglas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's the one that does the pizza stuff. Yeah, he's yeah, amazing. So amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his work is just so creative and like out of the box and fun. And 
he was back in Orlando, and he actually, I first met him because he did my band's photos back in the day. Wow. And so I've just kept up with his work ever since yeah. then. And um, and he was in Orlando for something, and he was doing like a music video, and I asked him if I could come just like watch and hang out or do anything. And I remember he, he this was like two, two and a half years ago maybe, and he said, no, I couldn't come help with anything because like he won't let anyone help unless he pays them, but I can come like watch if I want. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of took that to heart. And ever since then, I just will not do a shoot, you know, without, if there's anyone helping me, they're getting paid. Mm. Um, if I'm getting paid, they're getting paid. Yeah. Um, and I just, I think that that's like a good thing to adopt. I don't know how I got there. I agree, but yeah. um, So many times people get like skipped out <laughs> models, like yeah. know, whoever it may be. So. Absolutely. Um, and it ruins your reputation. That's the big thing. I just, I hear about it so many times with photographers asking for help or doing this and that and not paying the people around them. And I just, in the same way that you have all the guys on Twitter complaining about companies asking for free work, <laughs> the like they're doing the same thing. Yeah. Not necessarily the same guys, but they're doing the yeah. same thing if they're asking for free help. Yeah. Hey, can you just come along in this right. shoot? Or hey, can you like model for me real mm-hmm. quick? But you'll get the content. Right. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's like, you know, it's not cool. right. Um, one thing I was gonna ask or bring up, I can't wait. Uh, before you do that, I can't remember anyways. So. Oh, I was gonna ask you: Did you have any mentors, or would you consider was I guess Paul one or John Paul Douglas? He didn't really mentor me. Um, well, didn't. But I mean, I've looked up to his work and admired him from afar for a long time. Mm-hmm. I d- I don't think I really had any direct mentors when I was getting started because because it was kind of such an accidental process yeah. like and um, everything was kind of new like you know everybody right was... and honestly in Orlando especially you know we're not like a huge creative hub I can admit that and there's not a ton of photographers there the the handful that I knew and and know are were all wedding photographers mm-hmm. so I at the time knew no one around me that was trying to do the type of work I wanted to do. And I knew from the get-go I 0% wanted to do weddings yeah. and, and engagements and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just knew I was not passionate right. about it. Mm-hmm. And so and that kind of goes back to what we were just oh, talking totally. about. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I just knew I would not like doing it. And I didn't want to be that guy that's like having to fake it doing weddings, trying to make it doing other things. Yeah. And so, yeah. So anyways, I, I just would text buddies and be like, hey, I'm doing my first this kind of shoot. Like, what should I charge? Like, yeah. I have no idea. And I was just texting friends, um, but not really many people from my area because all of them, um, if they were a photographer, were doing weddings or kind of other things that I wasn't trying to do. Hmm. Um, I remember what I was going to say. Go for it. Um. Did you just forget it? <laughs> yeah, no, I remember. Uh, it's funny because uh, you and I share a mutual friend, uh, Richard Smith, who's in mm-hmm. Chicago. Uh, he's a f- super talented filmmaker, and it's really interesting when you were talking about, uh, I can't remember his name, but you said the guy who gave you like a 5D or a 60 yeah. um, and kind of like gave you an opportunity when you couldn't offer him anything, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Richard kind of did the same thing for me where I was like kind of in Columbus, like trying to run around with my iPhone. He was like, yo, you should like move up to Chicago. I'll pay you like a good enough day rate. Um as a PA just to like, just so you could be here. Like I want you to be in Chicago. And he was like, we're only going to work like four or five days out of the month while you're here for two months before you go back to school, quote unquote, which I never did. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
and like the 25 other days like you got to decide who you're going to be and what you're going to do like go hustle like go after yeah. it, go get it and i think it kind of kicks back to the whole thing of like for building us building into someone building into somebody else it's like you kind of have to give like the people who gave us chances when we couldn't offer them anything like you always have to remember that mm-hmm. and then kind of like you know for you or for us if we ever mentor somebody it's like how do we like see the potential in people and know that like i'm not going to get anything in return but right. be selfless in that and like you know just pour into those people which is really cool yeah, and I mean, in hindsight, I feel like I owe a real thread, and that guy drew everything, you know, yeah. for for trusting me and kind of giving me an opportunity to learn. Yeah. Um, so cool. yeah, I'm super grateful. Um, but yeah. you, like, I know we talked about it like last week, but it's hard to like weed out because when you get DM'd or hit up by somebody that like sees your work and sees you worked on big brands, it's like how is how is it like all right, I'm going to give this person time or I'm not going to give this person time. Like, what is it for you that makes it like, for, at least for those two mentors that you're mentoring, um, or I guess they're not mentors, but you're mentoring them. But how is it like, what made the decision for you to like, finally, like, okay, I'm going to invest time with them. Um, was there anything specific that you saw in them or is it just like generosity? I have, a, I also like, have something to like add on to this. Cause I saw you one time, like talk about like, this Twitter thread. Um, where like this ch- like chick I don't know who it was she was just talking about was like can we stop like using can I quote can I pick your brain as like an acceptable way of like right. that kind yeah of thing. I remember you were yeah. talking about that and so it'd be interesting to hear like oh that was an interesting Twitter thread <laughs> I forget who that was even yeah but, I don't even yeah um, yeah I mean okay so to be honest that's I can get into that I can go as long or short on this as you want but Let's they, keep it a little short um, <laughs> but so um, for year for the first few years. Um, I would get hit up all the time long before I ever should have been giving advice, but just people trying to do the same thing and like, there's nothing wrong with that, but just asking for help or asking what this you use or what that you use or like, how did you get this client or blah, blah, blah. And I would help everyone. Mm. Like I, anyone that DM me, anyone that emailed me, like I would try to, someone's going to hear this and be like, you didn't <laughs> But I tried to, like, anytime I saw something, I would try and respond to them. Yeah. And I would meet up with anyone that, you know, uh, reached out to me. I would, and so we, I'd, anyone that asked I'd, that to pick my brain, I'd go get coffee with them or mm-hmm. I'd go get drinks with them. And then it hit a point about a year ago, maybe, yeah, probably close to a year ago, where I realized, in all seriousness, there were some weeks where I was probably spending four to six hours that week, you know, answering people or meeting up for coffee or whatever else with random people, which is there's nothing wrong with it. And I was just trying to be helpful, but I wasn't, it was so much of my time to be giving away that I wanted to find a way to do it better for my own sake. And so that's when I started doing mentoring more on like a more of official basis, just in the sense that I do want to continue to help people, but I have to respect my time. Mm -hmm. And so I started honestly you know, it might come off rude to people that have reached out since then, but I just started saying like, Hey, I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't have time to answer your question the way I'd like to, but if Mm. you want, I can mentor you. Um, and if not, like, I'm sure you can find the answer to your question online. Mm. Um, just cause I felt like for my sake and for my family's sake, I was just spending a lot of time, like leaving the house and going to get a drink with some random person or like, Mm. you know, and I was making a lot of friends and connections, but at the end of the day, I was spending way too much time on it. I think uh, that's better than just like not saying anything at all. At least yeah. you give them a reason, rather than they're if they don't if you don't if they don't get anything in response, they, what they're going to understand is mm-hmm. you know you're too good for them, right? So yeah, but yeah, 
So that's that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I think I think that's something like I've been trying to f- figure out because like I wouldn't say I get hit up like a lot, but like you know people just like ask simple questions and like sure. ask a lot of stuff, and I'm like, and like what you said is like there's like a better way I want to answer this than over Instagram DM, but like. I don't have time, man. Like I, mm-hmm. I get off work like late. Like I'm, I have other side projects. I'm like trying sure. to do this pot. You know, and it's like, it's hard because like we want to be as helpful as we can, but at the same time, like, and, and that's a big reason why we even made this podcast is because we want to bring in people on that people themselves want to hear, and maybe answer some questions that they might have, and yeah. get to know a little bit of insight behind the person, not just you know the Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's, that's something that's kind of inconsistent while we're making these episodes. Yeah, I think it's been good. Hopefully, it will continue to be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, I think like one other thing that we just wanted to kind of like just barely dive into because we don't have too much time left. But um, I think you're one of the few people that we're gonna have on like for this season um, that has like family and is doing like freelance full time. Mm-hmm. And like I even like for myself, like I, I haven't like really been like officially freelance. I've like worked in an agency for the past like year and a half or almost a year actually, and um, it's I couldn't imagine like being freelance and like I worry enough about myself but it's like (laughs) you seem to be like a super self-sacrificial like guy and like what's that like what are some of like the mental battles you struggle with like in having a wife having two kids like is this photography thing gonna keep like bringing the you know the resources I need like right what's that like um so when I did get let go from the company my wife was um still uh working part-time i think at the time so we had a small source of income still um but we definitely hadn't like prepared to be in this like me not having a job phase Mm -hmm. so that made me just hustle like crazy Mm -hmm. you know i hate using that word too much but i do feel like my whole first year like that's what it was was just going crazy hustling Mm -hmm. emailing nonstop. you know like sometimes 20 30 50 a week Um, just to try and like get my name out there with people and just see what was available because, you know, I was, I was putting out the word that I was freelance, but I was really just unemployed. I mean, and and I was just really (laughs) desperate for work. And so when, um, the, when it came to be April and I ended up saying no to that agency and, um, deciding like more intentionally to be a freelancer Mm -hmm. as opposed to like incidentally, um, was the first time I really felt like I took ownership and, I was like, okay, I'm a photographer by choice now. Yeah. Now it's not like someone else forced me into it. Now in April was when the first time I was like, okay, now I'm really doing this. Yeah. And that was the first time it got scary maybe was yeah. because I was like, okay, well, I guess like me and Kimberly are deciding to just like go with this and see where it goes. And so the first year um, wasn't like lucrative by any means, but I do feel like at the end of the year, just through a lot of luck and like a lot of people trusting me with with work for whatever reason um i did just slightly better than i had the year before at the company and so i was like man i guess like this could work yeah like i guess i mean i guess we could really do this and so i mean as we've continued the thing that the thing that was hard for my wife to adjust to more than me i i'm a risk taker like at the at my heart like i just love 
I don't know, you know, just yeah, like going you for it. Have to be, yeah. Yeah, and I just I know that I am, and I my tolerance for risk is pretty high. But my wife, um, you know, which there's nothing wrong with this, it made her really nervous. The the way I think most photographers' freelance life looks, where for the first two two and a half years. I didn't know what I was doing more than about three weeks out at a time. Work mm. always came in, but it just was, you know, it would come in and they'd be like, hey, two weeks from now we want to do a shoot. And and so that, we just got used to that. And I always told my friends that were photographers but do weddings that I envied them. Like I envied mm. the fact that they, they, I don't want to work necessarily in their industry, but there are a lot of standards about the wedding industry that are admirable and enviable. Oh, yeah. Like they know their schedule for an entire year. They mm -hmm. can project their income for a whole year at a time. They, it's every p person that hires a wedding photographer knows that they're going to pay a deposit, which is like something that's really hard to pull off in my experience with, you know, across the board. Mm -hmm. So it's just getting used to that was, was tough. Now my wife, um, she left her job in, December 2016 so like six months ago eight months ago um, and it's been honestly it we were nervous at first but it's just been something that we always wanted and you know I'm sure that at some point we'll have a dry spell like knock on wood but like right now things have gone well and it's allowed us a lot of freedom with our family that they can travel with me um, yeah, I mean, we're loving it. I think the hardest thing, though, to get back to your question, was just getting used to, to not knowing what I have coming up. Like, mm. it's not like I can pull up my calendar and look months ahead. Yeah, because um, right. never do I know more than a few weeks. But just work always does come through. Yeah, um, and it's gotten to be this year a little more projected out than in the last two years. But still, I mean, I'm not more than about a month and a half out. Yeah, yeah. So. Would That's you say amazing. would you say that like the the key to like that is to just be positive and like just keep your head down and keep working and you know or are there other little things that you would give advice to that not everybody says this might be a bummer advice but I just I do feel like the thing that I've realized over the last few years cuz I was totally on like the the train that I think most freelancers get on of like everyone should be pursuing their passion and like everyone should should do it and like whether it's freelance or on the side like everyone should be going after it and um and at the end of the day w i think it some people are just cut out to do not not to say that like one is better than the other but i just think it is tough like there are pros and cons to to both being in a more structured environment and to being in a freelance environment and there are there are people that would hate the way my life functions mm. like both financially and you know, the kind of ups and downs of it and not like knowing much about your future ever. Mm. And then there are people that would thrive in it mm. and that would love and it. And it is exciting to a degree. It's also scary as crap to a degree. <laughs> so it's just, there are pros and cons to both. And I think I've learned that not everyone is cut out for this and not everyone's cut out for this, you know? So that's amazing. I, I totally agree. Just go, from going, like working from an agency that's very structured to go on freelance, it's night and day. Mm -hmm. So if someone's never experienced that and maybe like might see your, your life and your like the things you're doing, they're like, I want to try that. Once they're actually there, they might really hate it. So <laughs> I think so, the thing I try and be careful with is, is that there are so many freelancers, and this just drives me insane. Like there are so many freelancers that, that the way that they, um, 
display their life or talk about things is like, I'm living the dream. And I'm like, and it just, to be honest, whether that's true or not, that's great. But it's really hurtful, I think, to people that feel stuck Mm -hmm. in what they're doing and aren't, aren't loving what they're doing. And, you know, there's a lot to that. But I try and be careful to not talk about things that way, or at least, you know, I hope I don't. But I just, again, it gets back to the fact that, like, while I am really enjoying what I'm doing, and I do think that it's, uh, you know, the season we're in is great. I also think that some people would hate what I'm doing. And, um, and I also just don't want to make it other people feel bad about like whatever situation they're in. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with having like a structured job with, you know, totally. I think there's, there's, and I'm just learning this as well. It's like, there's beauty to like knowing your months in advance, knowing your year, like when you're freelancing, like, you might have a really good month, but that next month might not be anywhere near as good. So you mm-hmm. have to prepare. Um, so that's the one thing I would say I miss about like working at agencies. Like every, I have a steady paycheck. Um, oh, totally. The highs, I mean, the highs are, are kind of the same. Um, the highs on freelance are a little bit better because, you know, you could make what you make, you know, two to three times. Mm-hmm. But the lows, it can it can go like you can have a bad month where you might not. Sure, it's like a little bit more extreme. Yeah, so so you got to be prepared, and and a lot of stuff I see on Instagram is anytime like a freelancer has a big shoot, they're always flexing on it and making it look <laughs> you know. And even just talking to other people here is like not a, very few freelancers are doing like phenomenally well to where like they should be flexing as much as they are. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I guess one last thing. This is your first podcast ever, if I'm correct. It is. Yeah. How would you rate this? <laughs> um, no, it's been fun. I feel like we I could go for a long time. <laughs> Dude. Um, I feel like we have a lot left, but I thought yeah. it went great. Well, you talked for an hour. So. Oh dang. <laughs> um, but good. dude, Patrick, I think like I this is the first time I met you, so I think like I learned like a lot about you and we're about to go get dinner and drinks, which is gonna be yeah. tight. Um but yeah, man, like I think your story is really inspiring and I think like like that thing a lot of the things you had to say like had a lot of truth in it as opposed to like the glamorous, you know, showy things that I think a lot of people like the as Abraham says like flex on, you mm-hmm. know. Um but yeah, man, like it was great having you on. So Thanks. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um you can find more of Patrick's work on Instagram at I am Patrick Chin and uh, his website at patrickmichaelchin.com. Thanks. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Mouthwash Podcast. As always, all of our sound and music is done by Brandon Miranda. You can find more of his work at soundcloud.com slash Brandon underscore Miranda. And for more information, follow us on social media or check us out at mouthwash.co.